Alrighty, coming up here, we're going to be reviewing our great win against St. Kilda Saints this past weekend and uh, chatting about that. Obviously, um, I'm recording this as uh, Tuesday, the 20th of July at 10.42pm. We are four hours and 42 minutes into the South Australia's lockdown. So obviously a lot has happened in the last 36 hours. Um, went to bed Sunday night, um, pretty pretty comfortable in South Australia. And then um, in while we were sleeping Monday, there were some cases announced and all that stuff. And we've um, quickly devolved into um, yeah a little bit of a outbreak here in South Australia and as is the um, as is the case in Australia which has kept us um, going pretty well at most times it's uh, very quickly but we were very quickly going to lockdowns when there's the chance of a spread of the virus which um, obviously public health is at the, is of utmost importance it is a frustration for all of us at work and whatever and and, and a lot of things that are going on um, obviously the AFL is incredibly impacted and and whatnot and um, yeah I was going to do this yesterday um, I had the plan to record this and then once just uh, we were shopping and we even hit the port store yesterday and um, and then as the day went on we realized things were getting uh, kind of spiraling downwards pretty quickly and uh, by the time I got home yesterday I was had de- dealing with ramifications of how it worked uh, how the restrictions announced yesterday were going to affect the business I I help work and manage with my family and um, and then just I wasn't in the right headspace to record last night and um so i didn't and uh yeah and then today it's obviously spiraled even more to the point of us being in a seven day lockdown where we're going to be pretty much homebound for the next seven days so um yeah that is the case of what's going on at the moment so i I would be obviously i couldn't start this without just mentioning that that is what's going on at the moment that's what we're dealing with but um i will probably do a podcast tomorrow um talking about just kind of running over everything and kind of basically just some self-therapy maybe talking about it um as it pertains mainly to Port Adelaide but this podcast we will just um chat about the win obviously that is in the background but um I want to do a review on the win um how focused my brain is who fucking knows we'll figure it out as we go as I always say but um yeah that is everything that's going on and we are in lockdown and um thankfully um you know last year I we you know me and the better half of the creed we were um unfortunately with things we were doing in our life we were uh in you know we were in the process of at one point moving to the over to the u.s and um we got stuck on the opposite side of the world for 14 months from each other so this is the first time we've actually been in lockdown together which is nice it is nice to not have the stress of being um half a world away from each other for this one so there's a small bonus for us but obviously the, um the wider 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 ramifications are frustrating and worrying for everyone so i just hope everyone's um stay safe um does everything you need to do do the right things and we'll hopefully be through this real quickly so feeling for everyone obviously um new south wales has been locked down for a little while now um victoria's dealing with um they're the most experienced ones at this um dealing with it again and um, we're just dealing with um our, i guess as we had a snap lockdown last year and then the original one so yeah um or thinking of everyone and i uh, hope you're all doing well out there and uh yeah we'll be um hopefully through this pretty quickly but might as well chat some Port Adelaide um, while we're at it. And um, it's certainly fun to be able to talk about another a fucking good win and probably my favourite win of the year so far just for the, the circumstances it was in. But we'll get into it. So, But, you know, we won. So it's time to listen to the song. My computer froze up as I click play. So <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll get to it in a second. For the second time, let's listen to the song. There we go. Hey, this is the Eastside Johnny Big Redemption Light. 
Know what I'm talking about? Hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Get out the way, get out the way, get out the way, yeah. yeah. Get out the way, get the fuck up on my way, yeah. yeah. You either with me or against me, ho. You either with me or win. Win, 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 win. Fuck everything else. Win, win, win. Oh, another massive win. It was such a good fucking win. My favorite win of the year, and um, I'm just just so excited to talk about this, even with everything that's been going on uh, the past, you know, 36 hours, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast. Um, it's it's nice to go back. I went back and watched the mini match just before of the game. Um, I caught most of the game, although I, I actually, with the time changes and all those things that were going on with the um, with the fixture shake up last weekend, as it, you know, we were dealing with. Um, we thought it was just we were dealing with. Um, everyone else's outbreaks rather than ours and um it was uh you know the saturday night game that it originally was was going to be perfect for me because i was going to be off work and get home have a beer and watch the game and uh everything's gravy and then the game times get gets changed to 115 um local at for the, for the game and uh suddenly i was going to be stuck at work but um it was a quiet day and i've been a bit it's I've been just a pretty busy couple of weeks with work and it's pretty flat at work and um i just Kind of, and we we just it was one of those days that um, we had plenty of staff on, and I kind of just said I might just take an early minute if I can. You know, we often give staff uh, early minutes often when um, if the day's going smoothly and there's and there's plenty of us around. And um, it was one of those days that um, I re- it's rarely me that gets it, but I just put my hand up and said I'll take it. I'm pretty pretty knackered and would be happy to go home and watch the poor game. So I got home um, halfway through the second quarter. So from all reports the first quarter was one to miss anyway i was actually listening to it by the time i got in the car i was listening to half of the first quarter um doing some errands on the way home and then listened to the start of the second quarter got home and and yeah from all i mean i was i had the, i just put the five double a on in the car as i was driving around so you got treaders and co commentating um i think treaders and will goodings and a few others um can't remember who was uh, it was definitely treaders anyway because I, I do because and it was just—it just sounded like absolute utter fucking chaos for that first quarter. And Port were completely out on the ropes, um, as Dreaders and Co were saying repeatedly. Is just the, the just we the Saint Kilda had us pinned. It seemed um, just wasn't—it just wasn't happening. There was no flow. We were just very reactive footy, um, which has been probably our problem at times when when things are um, going against us. It becomes very re- reactive, and our instincts kind of. We withdraw into shells somewhat, but maybe that, that's just footy in general. When it's going against you, you kind of try to just rest back control by doing, you know, going. To f- you, you try to go back to fundamentals um, to try and find that control again, rather than you know using your confidence and skills because that's just and that's you know that's the thing across the board of sports really um, is how a lot of teams deal with the the pressures of those moments. Um, but yeah, it certainly was the first quarter, and, and watching back the the replay, it's um it's certainly not much to. Not much to write home about in that, beyond the fact that it is just we do hold the line. Um, it's probably been something we've been pretty good at this year, apart from just some moments in games against those real elite teams, is we've been able to hold the line, um, you know, bend and not break kind of stuff. Um, it's a term I've heard a lot in the past and a completely different sport, but, um, you know, American football, NFL with... Um, you know, Bill Belichick defenses in the past. Um, you know, it was and certain and teams just you know you you kind of concede some, but you, when it gets to gets to the point of your defense, you you rest on them while you're trying to figure the rest of your shit out. And uh, it felt like that's what the first quarter was was we were just really resting on the um, 
kind of relying on the defense to just not let it get out of control while we while we figure out and then and kind of you know, sometimes you got to take the punch from the other team too. Um, St Kilda are, are, are buoyed with confidence at the moment uh, going into this game certainly with some big wins in the last couple of weeks against the likes of um, Richmond um, who they've been turned over by just absolutely tuned up by earlier in the year by 86 points I think so you know that was a boost and Richmond certainly showed that last weekend that they're, they're not not ready to be done yet this year although maybe with Dusty Martin on the sidelines it might be a bridge too far but um, but yeah you know St Kilda beaten Brisbane last week as well and it's just, it was just they were finally starting to look like the team that was providing, tr- proving troublesome at times last year for teams like us at one point and, and a few others. And, and uh, you know, there was reasons to be worried about him going into the game. And certainly that first quarter, you could just see there was, um, you know, the, the, especially with the likes of Marshall and uh, Ryder just giving him, giving him first use of the ball and really quality use of the ball. Um, and then, you know, with the guys that got, in the, they got a, Guys like Brad Crouch have brought in and Zach Jones and, and guys like that have, um, you know, Zach Jones just come back in from a bit of an injury layoff, but he's playing all right for the And Brad Crouch is probably finally, um, not that I watch a whole lot of their footy, but um, I know earlier in the year I was a bit of wondering about him, but he's probably just starting to find his feet a little bit more there. And, um, and they've got enough dangerous players around the field and certainly, you know, for that forward line, um, you know, the, the, some of the forwards they've brought over, like the likes of Butler and, and then certainly Max Kings um, had found some form in the last couple of weeks as well. So they're, they're a dangerous team and obviously an old foe like um, Dougal Howard um, marshalling, the, marshalling the lines in the back lines as well. So, you know, that first quarter going away and certainly with the um, kind of day that the Port had had, well, the kind of day before the game, you know, the time change, fly in, fly out and having to start earlier. You know, footy teams are finally tuned beasts and, uh, and certainly... You know, there's 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 a fair bit of um, preparation that goes into your day and how you kind of. I mean, I'm sure if you knew you're starting to. I mean, I know they talk about the NBA players having a um, just a, a wild, wildly different kind of sleep schedule because they have to kind of have their bodies at peak readiness um, for N- N- NBA games in particular more often than not at seven o'clock at night or whatever, and on average, and they have to kind of be peaking at that time and then they end up only going to sleep at like 2 a.m. especially on a way trip when they're flying and stuff like that and I can imagine although footy players are only doing one game a week um, compared to NBA players who might be two or three um, there's probably there but there would be a certain amount of preparation to how you rotate with the game time set at a certain time you'd be planning your few days around that around some certain schedules and patterns and having it thrown in front thrown into a a loop as it was, um, and certainly as the away team having to fly in is a little bit more uh, is a little bit more of a loop than certainly the home team in St Kilda. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things that were probably going into that first quarter that just meant that we just di- weren't quite ready to go, and certainly maybe we were ever, uh, you know, we were ready to go, but um, St Kilda were really ready to come out and throw some punches, and that's what they did. And that first quarter kind of was reflective of a of an away team coming in and just trying to get their feet on the ground um, in the in the first quarter as compared to the home team who we were just ready to go and wanted to rock and roll and, and see if they could really get a, um, you know, a start on us. And that was what they were trying to do is they wanted to get, you know, and they could they were very lucky not to be um, three or four goals down at, at the quarter time break because um, the opportunities they had when we one kick straight to two goals four, I think it was. Um, you know, if it was four goals two or anything like that, you know, flip flip the script, and um, we're already finding ourselves in a, a bit of a hole. And certainly, we've we've got ourselves out of holes at points this year, but we've also got ourselves into holes and not <laughs> and just kept on digging. So um, it, it was fraught with danger that first quarter, and we just held the line. And that's that's just what you've got to do in those 
those situations and that's why it's kind of you know i said in the preview um how much we'd have to rely you know just how hopefully reliable that defense is but you know we've been unstuck at times and i think i can't remember if i said in the preview if it was when i was talking about the melbourne result that we um often the defense is unstuck by the fact that the just a fast movement through the midfield. So it's kind of um, when the defense has got the chance to set, it's very hard to get through. It's just, um, I guess that goes from a lot of teams, but particularly ours is really functioning quite well this year. When, but when it's, uh, when we're turned, turned around on quick is when we, when we um, sometimes give up those quick, those quick periods of two or three goals in a, in a, in a real quick bunch. But um, luckily in that first quarter, it just because it was such a siege, we were just setting our defense and a lot of players back and, we were able to just hold on and only be down by, um, what was it, I think 10 points or whatever. At, um, at the quarter time break, which is a hell of a result considering how um, out of the game we, we looked. Um, it was, yeah, it was it was not good. Not good. But um, we held the line and we and we kept ourselves right in the game. And that's that's kind of right where you want to be when you're the away team. Uh, going in with a lot of injuries and, the, and we were the underdogs. Um, I think I posted on the Twitter that like, I just... I don't know what made me think to look up the odds of the game. I'm not someone who looks up the odds too often. Though I do, I do take a passing interest in, in the betting result because I do, I do have a flutter here and there. But um, often I just catch them when they do the ads on the on the TV because Sportsbet do all the ads on KO and whatever, and I'll see the odds. But I hadn't seen them, but I just thought, fuck, you know, I wonder what the betting, what the I genuinely was interested in where the betting was going because. I was thinking if if the odds were just crazy in favor crazy in favor us and suddenly had St Kilda as crazy underdogs for some reason I would you know you'd have a flutter because you'd sit there and think you know St Kilda are a lot better than what they but then I checked the odds and it's St Kilda at um a dollar eighty three and uh, Port at uh, two oh one I think it was it was close but it was um it was still quite strong it was still St Kilda were the favourites the betting favourites so that kind of showed how much trepidation and my re- preview was titled nerves. And I, I think anyone listened to it could tell I had a fair bit of nerves going into this one um, with just how the, the injuries hit. I keep, I've talked about a tipping point at certain times, times this year with injuries, wondering if that tipping point was ever going to come because the, we, the injuries are piled up. You know, it was the first game since the, the trio of Dersman, Butters and Rosie had um, been drafted that none of them were available to play. And just things like that, where and, and all the other ones that are um, unavailable as well, and you know, there's just so much going into this game that gave gave reason for trepidation and and a lot of worry. And uh, it was, um, you know, that first quarter didn't really alleviate that by any means. But um, yeah, we were underdogs, and um, that's a weird thing to say, being that we've also been we're, we're the underdogs that have also been the the team labeled the flat track bully all year. So it's. A weird, weird place we have found ourselves in going into this last weekend, but hey, that's um, that's 2021, I guess. Uh, it's proving to be almost crazier than 2020 at, at this stage, and certainly with the footy and and what the things that have been written about us this year, and then going in as betting underdogs this week, then might as well just sum it up as just saying that's 2021 footy. So, yeah, at the end of the first quarter, we were um, we were the uh, we were down as the underdogs, and um, it wasn't looking great. But uh, luckily, um, as we went forward, it was started getting a little bit better. Yeah, so that second quarter comes around. That's really when we start seeing um, the Port Adelaide footy that we're uh, we're a bit more proud. The Port Adelaide footy we're proud of. It wasn't it wasn't pretty, um, but it was. It we got back. We started finding the ball and we started controlling the game. And and particularly we got that it was the really the around the contested ball and and that we really kind of found our groove. And that, and that's what we need to do. Um, you know, in a game like that when we were down on our soldiers and it was going to rely rely on um. 
skill and grit, grittiness and toughness. Um, you know, just being getting get, getting strong and combative um, was really going to be the the way to win the game. We had to be the pressure had to be on, um, the tackles had to be on, and the and the energy had to be up. And it, you know, the first quarter was um, we were just chasing tail a little bit, and uh, that was just what it was. But the quarter time break couldn't have come at a more perfect time. <laughs> well, it just needed to come. And um and luckily we were able to reset and you know and, and then from that point on, you know, I we never got a break and we and I'll talk about the third quarter and fourth quarter in a in a few minutes but um you know the second quarter really it gave me the comfort level that we when we get a get our shit together we are clearly St Kilda are a good team I, I have no doubt about that but um even it was amazing to see this this patched up Port Adelaide side. Taking it to him, and we're certainly led by Ollie, who I think he's. Um, uh, I th- I'm 99 sure he got a perfect ten from the coaches' votes again, and and likely another three Brownlow votes in this one, and hopefully really building um, what could be a special personal season for him. But um, as far as our team goes, it was um, it, it was exactly what we needed with someone leading like him. 36 disposals, I believe, um, 18 contested possessions, and just just an amazing game from the, from the ball again. He's just um, he's having an amazing year and and uh he was he was he was very much required to lead the line because um it's it is amazing to see and you know boat going into his 300th game this 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 week how um how amazing he's um how he's going but it's great to see that um and while our midfield still probably needs a little bit more weaponry in there and and the likes of butters and dersmer and all these guys coming back hopefully can provide that but who knows what we do in the off season but it is not it is wonderful to see ollie um Standing up and kind of taking the leadership mantle, and it was good to see Boke looked. Um, you know, there's been talk about Boke missing training sessions and his hamstring and all those things, but he looked, he looked silky and smooth. This and he was bo- bursting through some lines in the midfield and really having a good game. And you could see that starting really in the second quarter and onwards, um, Boke was finding the footy a bit more and and uh, freer and um and and then you know, but Wines was the one leading the show with getting 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 first first hand on the ball and really really grunting into some um some real tough contested possessions and winning the ball in tough hard places um you know he's doing the dirty work and uh, um and just and that's what you want and that's what's great about his um season this year is he's building up an incredible year with just his um disposal counts and and how much of an influence he's having on having on the game but he's really he's just he's getting dirty as well and that's what we need from um Wine, that's the player that we all, we've all the wines that we've been talking about for years is this this guy that's going to be, um, you know, he was talked about as a potential future Brownlee winner when he was you know nineteen twenty, and um, that's what we've been wanting to see for years and years, and he's he's got he's got there, um, he's there right now, and he's playing that level of footy, and and he can still get much, he can still get better, and that's the scary thing, but um, yeah, that's exactly we're getting exactly what we need out of him at the moment, and how he's leading, and uh, and just how. How he's using his body, and um, yeah, certainly just he led by example in this game, and um, just had an incredible game again. And like I said, coach's vote's perfect, and and um, it would take a miracle for it not to be a perfect, um, perfect uh, Brownlow um, vote kind of performance. Although I have to admit, you know, it is Brownlow is you know both teams have a have a chance at the uh, at the votes, and uh, Jack still did have um, some thirty seven disposals in this game as well. So it'll be interesting to see how the umpires see it, um, particularly in a close game, because there will be um, there is very much the possibility that a, a St Kilda player could 
um, with that kind of that kind of count could get um, a two or three. So it'll be interesting. But uh, I would have to imagine that um, that he did, um, particularly with the year he's having and how much he's being talked about, that um, it would be hard for the umpires to miss the influence he had in that game and and winning the game and uh, get him the three votes. So yeah, wine's just continuing to do wine's things, and we're all here for it. Um, obviously, um, as well as that, uh, Georgiades, um, really starting to build a strong resume for the, um, the Rising Star Award. Um, four goals this week. Um, he's got 27 for the year. Um, you know, he's actually going to be, he's going to, he's a strong finish to the year for Georgiades and he could find himself up there and not, he's not going to win the Coleman, but he's going to find him, he's going to climb the leaderboard just to be amongst the top 15, top, I don't know where they, where he's sitting at the moment, but you know, he, he, but this is the thing is we're not to, we're not we're talking about the rising star and um if he keeps kind of have it's the influence he's having on games and the, and the style points he's getting as well you know that incredible mark of the year content contender um last week and then this week he almost took one again he he fucking he gets at least one fly every week that's incredible and he could have you know he hangs on to a couple more of them he could have like three or four fucking uh, mark of the year contenders but um it, it's his goal kicking that we we pay him for and um. You know he's he's incredible he's incredibly considered. He does bla <laughs> he has blazed a couple lately, but they, in in general, I'm still just such a big fan of just how sim- simple and effective his goal kicking is, and just how reliable he is, no matter where he's kicking from. And um, kicking four goals this week, um, you know, Dixon. Sorry, excuse me. I've got a um, stout on the go here. Um, fuck it. I'm in lockdown. I can drink a seven percent stout at uh, eleven o'clock on a Tuesday, eleven p.m. on a Tuesday. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, he's taken. You know, Dixon is still getting beat up a bit, and um, and certainly taking a lot of the attention. But Georgiades and um, even Marshall this week too, by the way. Um, he's do, he's still doing a lot of the unsung stuff. I know Marshall divides opinion like um, like no other. Um, apart from maybe Bonner, who also had a very good game, and um, I will mention a bit more about that in a moment. But um, you know, the forward. It's it would be wonderful to see um, the likes of George Yadisix and Marshall all all kind of combine for eight or nine goals between the three of them. But um, you know George Yadis getting the four and Dixon getting the one at the end, which is nice a nice little shake and bake. And um, on uh, on Old Deagle, I think it was actually. Um, but yeah, it's just George Yadis is you know he's the, the space is open in the forward line a bit more, um, and he's he's been able to take advantage of it. And there's not even the space too. It's he's he's taken strong contested marks and that that mark from and. What was incredible, the goal, the mark that he took in the for third quarter, I believe, the one where he kind of holds off, he, he kind of he's he's kind of behind his he's behind his uh, opponent and and just about just by pure strength is able to get his hands off at the last moment and falling backwards, take a two handed grab. Um, that was actually started by Dixon taking the ball on the wing, um, getting quick handball off to Marshall, who then kicks under pressure and and just snaps one into the danger zone for Georgiades to take. So it's an, it's. It was a nice little moment when when you have the kind of three tools and <laughs> combine in a way that um, is a little unthor- unorthodox in the fact that you got Dixon and Marshall up on the wing combining with it with a handball to kick sequence um, to, before it ends up, ends up with Georgiades. But um, yeah, it's it's great to see. It's just Georgiades, um, he's the next generation, and you know people are starting to talk. I think I saw you know Facebook posts where they compare like side by side with him flying next to um, a, a, a shot of uh, Scotty Hodges flying as well and. He's got that excitement factor that he could be just that that next generation of great forward. You know, it reminds me of my youth. My my youth was um, as well as watching Scott Hodges um, in the early nineties when I was um, I was born in eighty eight. So my first memories of the Magpies was Scott Hodges in ninety four, um, really. But um, 
yeah, it, it reminds me of again, like a, a few years later, uh, watching uh, Warren Gary Treadray come come into the four as a young as a young lad and just kicking bags and, um, you know, this in this day and age of footy, um, kicking bags of four for a young forward is um, you know, I mean, this year it's been, we've seen a few more big bags, but um, you know, the last few years it's been really hard for forwards to get bags like that um on a regular basis. But Georgiades really starting to. Find it again. He had a few lean weeks a few weeks back, but um, yeah, it's just a really um, a match-winning kind of performance from him um, to finish off the work that was being done in the ins- you know on, in the middle of the ground, the real hard, tough footy that was that was this game. Um, to have someone like Georgiades finish it off as he, uh, the way he did um, to just add that just to and particularly in a game that was really um, sh- marred by horrible kicking, um, his his performance kind of um, stood stood up in the face of that and. Um, and provided some much needed class to to the day that was um it was missing a lot of class it was it was an enthralling game but it was missing those kind of classy finishes on a regular basis but Georgiades uh, thankfully kind of um apart from I think he might have kicked one out in the fall but um, beyond that uh, he um was pretty clinical in and doing what he needed to do to to make sure he capped off a great uh, he capped off a day a great day personal day with for himself with a, a win for the club so. Yeah, um, incredible performance from Georgiades, and long may it continue with him um, being such a young fella. And um, yeah, I'd be really stoked to see him win the w- Rising Star this year. I'd kind of just um, after I just kind of you just keep saying well, it seems like half a fucking Essendon team's been nominated. Um, you know, Georgiades did get his nomination. Hopefully, Bergman gets one soon. He uh, Bergman was solid this. He was banged up this weekend, but solid again. And I think he's just one big game away from. Um, Getting it, getting himself nominated, which would be a nice cap of the season uh, for Bergman. But uh, yeah, Georgiades is actually a genuine chance to win it, which would be our third winner um, for Port Adelaide since entering the AFL. Obviously, Michael Wilson uh, won it in '97, and Daniel Pierce in 2006. And uh, Georgiades certainly, no matter where if he wins it or not, is a rising star and uh, going to be a star in the future. And he and he certainly certainly starting to build. A, he's really got a resume that um, is certainly deserving of the award. Um, Considering his goal kicking and so his excitement, his excitement value as a um, as a future star of the league and so the kind of player that can can certainly be used um, on the posters and advertising campaigns for footy everywhere because he he brings that excitement factor that is is part of our wonderful game and um, he's just um, he's got he's got it all he's got it all. All right, I mentioned just before about um, Riley Bonner. I briefly mentioned he had a good game and <laughs> and. Uh, he did. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, a masterclass. It wasn't out of this world or anything like that. But considering um, the maligned, you know, he's a much maligned player. I'm in and out of the side, and he's one of those players who just he he look. He has burned the ball at times, and he, he there is reasons that people um, jump on him. But it is it like like a lot of things with uh, fans and footy and, and anything like this. There's often some nuanced middle ground to where he actually is. He's not a fucking woeful player that doesn't deserve to ever touch a footy again. Nor is he. Um, he's not a pet. I, don't, I just think he's a player that um, he get, gets a fair bit of the footy in the sandful, does enough to get a chance, and then he just doesn't quite do enough at times to to retain that place. And that's just where it, where he's at at the moment. And that's I'm not. It, it's I know that some people listen to this that um, that just jump on it and they will go, no, no, he's he's fucking terrible. I don't know what you're talking about. He's one of Ken English's pet. It's like no, it's there's there's a selection committee and all that stuff, and um, he's just a player that gets enough of the ball to just and they. Just they ne- and certainly with the injuries, he 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 was a required player this week, and 
Um, and he showed what he can do. I know he's had some good performances in the past. It does seem few and far between sometimes when you think about some of those um, games where he has um, blown his chances a little bit. But he was handy, and he, he he got he was again he was just in the right place at the right time a lot to gather the ball and 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 he's and he didn't do you know like the last few times he's probably he's you know just missed kicks and um, bad handballs and just looked a bit out of his depth. But this this week he looks surprisingly comfortable um considering all that and not surprisingly for himself i'm sure he i'm sure he's um hopefully just doesn't listen to the outside noise and um just gets his head down and tries to do his job and um he did this week and that's um you know i'm not making a point i guess i am making a point to just give him a give him props because he is one of those players like todd marshall that does um divide opinion um like no other apart from todd marshall and maybe some others I don't know, Charlie Dixon apparently does is again too, um, which is somewhat bewildering to me, but um that's a, a, that's a, a that's a wonderful thing about footy and sports is um everyone's got opinions and and often the truth lies somewhere in between the the um the poles of each opinion. Um is generally where you find the actual truth. And I think Riley Bonner's kind of just right and he's he certainly polarizes and the uh, truth of the matter is somewhere in between there and this week he was good, and um, and certainly I um, don't think he's you know with the players we've got coming back, it's looking like we could get three or four back this week. Um, he may not keep his spot, but he was a, he was a part, he was an integral part of what was an inc- incredibly tough gutsy win, and we have to give him props for that. So, uh, well done, Riley, and um, I hope that um, he's he's got himself on the radar to be picked again, and um, I he he deserves to if he, he if he keeps bringing that kind of level of performance. Um. And I'm I'm absolutely stoked if he can. I um, mean, you know, I, I I cheer for every every player that's putting pulling on the the port top and going about it in the right manner. Um, as as far as their effort. Um, and he he you know um he did so. Uh, props to him. Um, and that's kind of the, the kind of the theme of the game. You know, there's a lot of players that that stood up. And you know, Trent McKenzie was uh, he's 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 one of the best on ground. Um, this weekend and so he. Considering he's come in um, only after Clus went down, um, and he's kept his spot, and he's kept his spot by taking it to some of the best forwards in the competition, and this week, you know, keeping Max King largely quiet uh, with just some, just the the kind of gritty defense that Trent McKenzie's known for now. As far as um, often pl- he plays bigger than his um, obvious um, statistical size, with just how his nous and and ability to make a contest. Um, and it, it's just it, he's just an incredible. He's been, just been in such an incredible pickup, and since last year, and and considering the the start of this year being dropped to the Sandville, just being the odd one out in that back line, but but getting himself back into the side with um, the unfortunate nature of the injury to Cleary, but that's the fact of the matter. Is footy is a, um, and the Port Adelaide have breached the the squad game mentality this year so much, and um, and Mackenzie's a product of that is that the, you know when you when you got guys going down you got to have next man up and um and that's what uh, McKenzie's done this year and just uh one of the best players this weekend and and you know he's he's such a, and kind of the ethos of this week what really was that we had to we're going to have to get down in the trenches and win it win it hard and tough and um and and, and win this game somehow despite the odds um being in the favor of St Kilda and uh, and you know guys like McKenzie pulling out those kind of performances in these kind of moments is what is required. And, um, you know, the likes, you know, when it, whether it be Bonner, um, you know, getting, stringing, stringing a good game together, McKenzie doing what he does again and defying the odds. Down in the back line, the likes of Georgiati stepping up when um, when the likes of Dixon are getting beaten up by the two two and three men, three on ones that he's 
he's copping and hobbling around and, and as well as the likes of Laddams and, and Lysett, you know, they've had to battle away in the, against probably the best ruck tandem in the league. And, and it was just, a, it was just battles all over the ground. Um, gritty battles, tough battles and, and a Port Adelaide team having to win tough rather than, um, you know, the Port Adelaide team coming into this year, it was going to be a classy outfit, you know, the likes of Fantasia and Gray and, and Rosie and Butters and all those guys that are in the, in our side that are um, these luxury, wonderful players. But none of them are available this week. Motlop not available. Um, Dersman not available. I hadn't even mentioned those when I ran through the first four or five names there. All these players are such silky, silky movers and all that stuff. None of them available. So this week was going to be about um, guys coming in. Not that the guys that were there don't have the ability to be silky, but um, obviously it's just, there's a drop-off and the guys that were there were going to have to win it tough and... You know, Boyd Woodcock uh, missing a couple of set shots. He probably should kick, and um, and you know, the set shot kicking certainly wasn't alone to uh, a thing, a, a, an issue alone to him. But um, you know, then he gets a smother in the go, you know, a desperate smother and in, in around that goal square, and then he gathers the ball a, a couple of seconds later and snaps one and and shows that you know you just got to keep your head down and keep working. He snaps a goal and <laughs> and gives the gives the non-existent crowd the the old um the older you're listening. Um, <laughs> Um, so it's just like, it's, you know, it, it was one of the, it's just a performance that is, you know, wins against, um, that Sydney game and those, those wins against the top eight opposition, although not as many as we would have liked this year are the ones that, you know, you, that a lot of the country talk, will talk about, um, if they're Friday night games or whatever. And, you know, Richmond won earlier this year or whatever, but this one, without a doubt, um, my favorite win of the year because of all those factors that go into it, you know, the, the, the just how tough it was and, how hard fought it was and the amount of guys missing and the thing, the things the guys stepping up had to do and the guys that may not be, you know, if we get to the pointy end of September, um, knock on wood, that there's a lot of guys in this game that won't be there in those games at the pointy end, but they're going to be the ones that got us there and that's what these kind of games mean so much to a season. Um, they mean so much to a, a building a season as, uh, you know, Ken Angley's talked about a lot, you know, you build a year, you have to build your year and build your um, trajectory towards September with wins like this. You know, you sometimes... You'll get to the end of the year, and you might have had a successful year. And you know, two thousand. You know, you th- I think back to two thousand and four, and sometimes I think back to some of the games I went to earlier in that year. I, I forget those games, those tough ones, and and those ones that were back in that that year. Then you sometimes have to actually go back through the year and the the record books and go, "Fuck yeah, I remember that game. Now that was tough." Like, you know, you get to the end of the year and the trophy celebrations and all that stuff, and you go, "Oh man, all that, all those highlight moments are wonderful but then you go back and you go fuck there was some real down and dirty games in the trenches that you had to win to get to this point and um you know knock on wood you know there's still all this year to go and certainly this week's shown that who the fuck knows how we're going to get there at this point um but these kind of wins are so, so important and they're the ones that um, i love as a fan you know we we want to win trophies and all that stuff but um it's the year that it's the journey that gets you there. That's as much of the uh, as much of the fun and the things that build those memories and that toughness in both as players, but as well as us fans. Um, we have to go through this, and certainly moments during this game, I was fucking frustrated as hell. And um, God, the thing I, I just turned into a rambling mess. I think I, I, a couple of times, a couple of times, the better half just looks at me and just it's not that she's not just as into it. It's just the, the way I just this beast I turn into at times when things are going. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the mic, the I, I should just not be allowed. Um, especially away game. I think it's because I, at least at the game, I'm there and the the feeling. It's just like sitting on the couch. I feel so. It's a weird feeling watching a game from the couch. Um, when you when you if you go into game game the games regularly, and maybe it's just me. I don't know. I was just. Uh, I think I threw my phone at the. Luckily, I just 
I've got into the habit, at least when I've got my phone in my hand, if something goes wrong, I just flip it out the side of my hand towards the couch and I haven't broken one for a while. So that's, that's you know, that's growth, people. Um, but yeah, it was um, beyond all that. Um, it's, yeah, like I said, it's one of those games that just you, you'll remember for a long time. Um, and even if you do, you kind of, it, it seeps out of the memory over the years. But it's something will remind you of it and you go back and go, fuck, that was a good win. Like, not many people will remember it. It's a mid, you know, it's a late, later in the season game. It's building towards September and all that. But it just, it's just a fucking good win and just one of those ones that de- defines what you are as a football club. And and you know, it's not, it's not pretty or anything like that. But it's just, it's just impressive. Um, so fucking impressive. And I'm just really impressed with it. Um, beyond there was, a, there's a few imperfections I'll get to, but um, that, that's part of the journey to getting to the result that it was. So. Might as well chat about, I'm not going to get too negative really, it's just a couple of things, just to keep an eye on as we're going and and things that we still need to work on as we're going forward as a footy club and a team um, building towards this later end of the season. So not something to dwell on too much, but uh, it is is something still to look at because there's been a few times this this year, um, it's late in the quarter when... When we've got a bit of a break on a team, we just let them get a bit of a sniff again. And it was, uh, I think it was two minutes 30 to go in the third quarter, we were up by 20 points. And then by the time it gets to about 18 minutes and 30 to go in the fourth quarter, we're only up by a point. So it means in about four minutes of play, we've let them get three goals on us. And certainly at the end of the third quarter is a more concerning aspect of it is the fact that um, we allowed them to get a goal and then another goal and um, get that goal. And that goal came from kind of um, just not being able to clear out of our defensive 50 and, and allowing them to set up across half forward quite easily actually to um, allow whoever it was that kicked um, kicked a pretty good goal from just on 50 I think but they he got a kind of just were able to got were able to gather the ball and then um, qu- quickly sweep across the 50 arc from the wing um, to be able to set up a bloke for a shot at a, a decently uncontested shot at goal from about 50 out with the momentum behind him and it's just um he, you know, and it's footy, and that's just a, a well-executed play on the St Kilda aspect of it. But it's just kind of got to look at those things and find, work out a way to um, a way to deny that because then, then with uh, you know about forty seconds to go, we've actually got the the footy in our on our fifty. Um, I think Lena gets caught kind of hold, holding the ball, and they quickly break. Um, with you know they they knew what they roughly what time was left on the clock, and knew that they had. One opportunity to charge down the field, and that they did, and um, were able to get a goal. And yes, there is some questions about what how legitimate Dan Butler's handball was, but you got to play the whistle, and that's what it was. And um, it was a bit of a breakdown with the quick movement inside fifty. As I talked about, it's it's the one time we do get caught is when the movement comes inside fifty, our defensive fifty so quickly there. Our defense is stretched, and um, and that's how a lot of teams will score. Um, it's not just a lot. we score on teams that way as well as um, but it seems like um, you know when we're gonna when we're just getting the ascendancy sometimes we allow those quick ones out the back um at, at times when it's late in the quarter too but um that did you know we were 20 points up at the late in the third quarter and it really just felt like at that point you know I was comfortable I was thinking that we're gonna run this one out because we were better we were better and we and we proved that through it. and but we just gave them a sniff and gave them that energy to go into that third that last quarter to that made it a lot tougher than it, I thought it was going to be and certainly it was looking like it was going to be and it needed to be and uh, and so that that last quarter was tough because we they just knew they were in the game. They didn't need to do. They just needed to get a few lucky ones, and they were in the game. And thankfully, our class showed out. And um, and late in the game, we we did. We were able to get and still get up by thirteen points at the end. When at one point I thought we were going to win by, it, fuck, it was looking like a draw at one point. Um, you know, and fuck, I haven't been that crazy for a game at home for a while. Um, I think um, we got ahead and then. 
I think Todd Marshall was, uh, it was Todd Marshall lining up for goal from a decent distance out. He's 50 out. And I thought, I was just, I'm standing up and I'm shaking and I'm just going, just kick it, just get anything, just get anything yelling at the TV because I'm just like at point at this point. And I cheered when I, go, when I was clapping, clapping hard, like, well done, Doddy. It's just a fucking point. I think it might have got spoiled over the line. I can't remember if he, he just cleared, but that was smart from him. He, j- he knew he just needed to get a good connection on the ball, reasonably accurate to the point that it was at least going to have to get sp- probably t- bundled over the line to get that um, two kick break on a on him, and then and then um, and that's what it was, and that was so crucial. And and Sam Mays, um, he's he's got a he's getting a little bit of a reputation as just a. He's just a utility player that just bobs up at the right time to kick a goal. You know, he's, that was a t- good, tough mark he took in the in the goal square there to k- get the goal that got us ahead before Toddy did his work to get us um, a goal and a point ahead. Um, yeah, he's he's you know for a player, he's he, you know he's got a fair fair few AFL games under his belt, and he's just um, he's got that experience that he's he's got the ability to come in and do these kind of jobs, and that's another another testament to kind of the the footy that was. Um, uh, the the thing I was talking about earlier about the players coming in that may not be featuring at the end of the season if we've got our, our ideal lineup back, but they're the players that will be remembered um, long into the future if they do are a part of something special because they're, they're they're the kind of players you need at these these points of the season that get you these special wins that um, otherwise wouldn't be possible with that depth of talent in the squad um, with all the injuries we've got. So yeah, um, I loved that. It's such a you know I was trying I was struggling to find my goal of the day, um, you know it's it's a struggle to find it, but often they do end up being the ones that I get the most up and about for are the, you know the ones that really um, when you get a let off and uh, I love a let off um, when you can just really just let off your steam when you know the game's won and Charlie Dixon's goal um, late in the day was um, was one of those moments. It was one of those moments that uh, you could finally. You know the game. Um, the game had uh, got to a point where you, 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 I was comfortable once Toddy Toddy kicked that point, and then certainly um, but when you get that extra extra little bit of celebration time. Um, whoops, sorry, video starting to play before I was ready for it. Um, when you get that extra bit of celebration time, just at the end of the game to really let off after um, what was a tough game and one that was. In particular in that last quarter, a lot of ten, tense moments, and I was a bundle, like a, just a loaded spring for a lot of that time. <laughs> I'm waiting for, uh, waiting for the, the, you know, just that moment to know that we were really, we were really going to win that game. But um, Charlie Dixon certainly, and he, he did a game where he had a couple of points in the game. He looked like he was, he just didn't look like he was going to finish out the game. He was hobbling heavily, heavy. Um, he was really struggling. He's he'd been beaten up for another week and. Um, so to what he did in that late in that game to seal the deal and get us up by 13 points and, uh, and, and, you know, dance around and do a little shake and bake and, and run into a, uh, run into the goal, you know, and kick a big goal and run into the goal square like he was Lance Franklin. It was just, um, it was an incredible moment. I, I got up and jumped and scared the shit out of my cat because I celebrated the cat and then grabbed the better half and gave her a big old kiss. And, um, it was just, <laughs> it was just one of those moments where you get to let off steam and just, enjoy um what is a big win and, and as i said somewhat unexpected win with how everything was going leading up to it so the charlie goal is um yeah definitely my kind of play of the day i guess and particularly um it was just such a, a defined kind of desperation of the footy that were you know late in the game you know we're just trying to bundle the football forward somehow and the energy levels were up and everything was up and it was just a just a great way to finish the game and um and it was just wonderful so gonna listen to it because it's just a wonderful goal Chance. Frederick gets his opportunity. 
Burton hits wide. Dixon corralled. Oh, he dare stepped around them and kicks the seal. King Charles gets his moment. Space, he's been beaten and battered. Well, but he found a great step. For a bloke that's been hobbling around <laughs> for four quarters, he's been an absolute battering ram today, Charlie Dixon. Absolute battering ram today, Charlie Dixon. And that's what he... he you know, he's, he's had some pretty good weeks of late, kicking some bags of twos and threes. But he's, he's, he's really having to get... He's having to work hard for possessions this last week and and do a lot of hard grunt work that... Um, and, and, and George Yardis took the spoils as far as kicking the goals. But that was a... Great moment for me. Any, any, any really. You knew how much it meant, um, both to him and the team. And when, when the, the final siren went, you know, Charlie was one of the ones that was really giving it the double fist pumps and um, and the song at the end. And uh, you know, I saw Ollie when the final siren went. He was like kind of getting sprinting over the boundary as he was um, near the contest, and you could see his arms flex. And just everyone was just. And then the song was sung with such gusto, and there was a lot of feeling in that one. There was a lot of. Um, a lot of uh, players that felt like they were out there to prove a point, and um, and they succeeded in that. And uh, and um, you know, a lot of questions have been asked by this, about this team a lot recently, and particularly the questions had been hadn't been asked, um, had never been asked harder after that Melbourne performance, and particularly with the injuries coming out of that and coming into this week, it was it was just piling on, and um, you could see how much it meant to them, and that's a good sign for us going forward, just how much it means to these guys um, to. Uh, to get a win like that and keep this season tracking along nicely and uh, and certainly taking advantage of the fact that Brisbane had slipped up again the night before and uh, and given us a, a, a solid solid vantage point in the top four and, and, and a, a really good launching point to build the rest of the season on. So, well, it was a great performance, a great win and, and one that I'm just uh, absolutely my favourite of the year so far for what everything that was going into it, what it meant. But... Um, yeah, just a wonderful, wonderful win. Um, somewhat unexpected. You know, we expect to beat these teams, but it was somewhat unexpected in how, how everything was going against us going into it. So I think a lot of people had that sentiment and a lot of people were really impressed with the win. Um, certainly Port fans seem to be pretty proud and happy about it. And, um, you know, I'm, re- I'm certainly uh, pretty proud of it um, myself. So, uh, yeah, um, best win of the year for me. And I um, certainly hope that it's not the last... I don't want to... I don't want it to be the best win of the year for me going, uh, you know, there's a few big games coming up and, uh, eh, well, for the regular season, if that is the best win of the year, um, as long as we go into the finals and start beating some of the teams above us. But, um, yeah, that, that win really can, could define the season in a very very positive way after everything, how everything was going. So, yeah, um, really happy with that. Do have to make a small mention that um, Xavier Dersma had a really good um, – the, the Maggies had a – a really good win, um, a tough win. They had to win. They won by 13 points as well. It was a good good weekend for um, 13, uh, 13 point wins for the Port Adelaide team and hard fought 13 point wins. And um, Xavier Dersma had a good game, a couple of goals, and I think 25 odd disposals. I can't remember exactly how many disposals, but he's pretty up there. He's got a lot of the footy, I think, um, from what I saw. I haven't seen the game. Um, I was working, but um, what I've heard, I kept. I tried to look up, uh, read a bit about it, and um, yeah, saw Dersma was, um, had a pretty good game. and and the Maggies themselves um, were able to get a good win as well. So um, good weekend for Port Adelaide. Um, a really good weekend for us. Um, and just one to be proud of. Um, hard foot footy and, and players, um, you know, defying the odds and, and, and winning games uh, with good, um, passionate, competitive, hard fought footy is um, what we want to have our Port Adelaide boys. And this weekend really define that. And I'm um, really proud of them. So... Yeah, um, I'll come back tomorrow um, and talk a bit about what's going, what the fuck's going on this week. But um, 
just really apart from what I said at the top of the pod, just acknowledging what's going on. I really wanted to keep this about what was a really great win and one that I'm really proud of and happy with. So Car and the pair, we'll see where the fuck we end up later this week. But for now, that was the that was the review of our wonderful win against the St Kilda Footy Club. And let's just hopefully keep this season fucking rolling. Let's go. I'm going to finish this beer and, and start panicking about what the fuck's going on next. Um, enjoy your lockdowns, people. Um, take care of each other and um, talk to you soon. Cheers.